With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Here we go. Straight out of Vegas in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. You heard it. Steve Cofield, RJ Bell. Broadcasting live. 330 stations nationwide. And i got to tell you, Cofield, these are the kind of nights <laughs> that make this job. <laughs> it's a dream job, I would say. You know, we had someone on Twitter last night telling us some feedback and he said you know you guys inspire me and one day i'm going to be doing what you're going to be doing and i do think it's important to sit back now and again and appreciate the opportunity to really talk to the nation from a vegas perspective about what's happening tonight because everybody else has okay paul george okc cp3 houston etc the question is, what does it mean? What does it mean? And Vegas can answer that question objectively better than anybody. And we're joined by pregame pros, two of them tonight, Steve Fezzik, NBA expert, Brad Powers, college football expert. We'll be talking some Heisman odds and Heisman best bets in our number two. Showtime! Woo! So let's start with the Vegas lead. Big news of the night, 8.52 PM Pacific time. Woj drops the bomb. Paul George, four years, $137 million going back to Oklahoma City. What about all that tampering stuff? Lakers didn't get their money's worth on that one, huh? Well, you can try to do something <laughs> illegal and not succeed. 100K, make it rain. <laughs> got nothing from it. 
I mean, I knew a guy or two that tried to fix some dog races back in Wheeling. Doesn't mean they won. Lakers did not win tonight. <laughs> and I really want to examine if this is the beginning of what could be disastrous. But first on George, are you surprised he went back to Oklahoma City? Yes, but it was trending that way in the last week or two. And I think you mentioned that. And let me ask you, Kofield, what did you consider to be the signifiers of a move towards or at least an increase in chance for OKC landing George? I think I was 50-50 on it. I don't know that I thought the Lakers were out of it. But, uh, but I, if I, was... I would have asked you a month ago. I would have oh, then absolutely that Paul George was still going to the Lakers. That the, the Palmdale native, you know, like an hour north of LA, was going to be heading back to play for the Lakers. And I was buying into uh, Jason McIntyre was talking about it this morning in the last week or so that hey maybe this is all a smokescreen that I got real quiet around Paul George, you know that we weren't hearing anything. Back to the tampering stuff that uh, you know the rumors out there that he might go back to OKC, but maybe that really meant because it was quiet. He was going to land in L.A. and surprise everyone. There's two ways to look at this. One is a negative for the Lakers. The other, which I think is at minimum equally as viable, is the idea that the Lakers feel good about their plan because you would fe- you would have to think mm-hmm. if the Lakers felt like it were it was slipping away, Paul George, that there would have been an effort. Magic's not the type to sit back. All right? Magic would have been taking a private plane trying to find an airport in Oklahoma he could land at. Well, you know, <laughs> listening to Brian Windhorst, Rachel Nichols, some of the NBA folks on ESPN, they were flipping out over the fact that Paul George didn't even grant the Lakers a meeting. But what does that mean? Like you just said, does that mean that he snubbed them or that the Lakers got more interested in Kawhi Leonard and other options and just said, you know what, Paul, you do what you want to do? And it could have been both. It could have been the Lakers... And I like to use high school analogies. We all, and I like to use dating analogies because let's be candid. Human beings, guys especially, I think, but I think all humans, romance, girls, the idea of being accepted, being loved, being affirmed. It's something in high school. And Fez, we don't want to like point at you specifically, but when things go Badly in those areas, it can be scarring. Would you? Uh, can you help us understand that? Well, fortunately, I had so such limited experience in high school. There were no scars for me. Alex <laughs> said he made a conscious choice. The hot chicks were out. He just wasn't that interested. They it couldn't be, hold a conversation. It was going to distract him from yeah. chess, right? So you've got you've got that, and then you've got the idea that you know, quite frankly, high school was a very formative time for most people. So let's use the analogy. You don't think so? Well, I just want to see how it's coming together here. Well, I like, I like the I mean, setup. Here we go. Around the room, like, we're okay, swing, flying in. We're swinging it around. <laughs> is <laughs> now, what was I saying? No, <laughs> swinging it around is the idea. Think back to high school, and you had a crush on a girl, and then all of a sudden, though, she's being a little cold to you. Now, if that's your only option, you don't have any other alternatives. You're going to double down and keep going. You're probably going to have, you know, back in the day in Jersey, Cofield, you probably had some nat- you know, nights with like that ninth natural light. And then who knows what was happening. But in general, you're going to keep trying. But what happens if another girl, perhaps equally as appealing or maybe a little bit more? And let's say a girl named Kawhi. Oh, good, wait. Good Kawhi. Yeah, now the idea is, okay, Paul George, you're getting a little cool on us. No problem. But if we go back 
Let, let's recap what we said two weeks ago. What plan did we like better? We liked, I think, across the board, getting Paul George and not trading assets for Kawhi Leonard, right? Yeah. Well, two answers to that. I agree with you there. I think I misstated that. So just getting Paul George and not having to trade assets to get Kawhi Leonard, having the two stars and then all the assets. And that's the second part. Personally, and listen, I've talked to real sharp guys that disagree. They say get that third great guy and however thin it makes the rest of the team. Where do you Fez, you're kind of nodding. So let's let's talk uh generally. All right, because we don't have to worry about specifics. Two max guys and then a nice, robust, deeper team filled out with rookies and mid level exemptions and all that. Or Three max guys, and the assumption is that third max guy isn't as good as the first two, but still a legitimate max guy, but then thin, thin, thin the rest of the team. Well, I made a case for the three big guys, but frankly, I thought I was in the square chair when I did so. Okay, so I think it's a debate. <laughs> I, no, it's a great point. No, no, I, I like it. He's I mean, me, he's like, cause felt like you. No matter how sharp, <laughs> no matter how sharp you are, right. right, and Fez is as sharp as they come, sometimes your gut feeling is going to be a way that most sharps disagree with. Now, that's when you make money, right? Because it's not enough in Vegas to be right. You have to be right, and you have to be contrary. Because if you agree with everyone else and you're all right, well, it's hard to make money that way. So we can debate that. But I do unequivocally believe that having Paul George, whatever the drop-off is from Paul George from Leonard... So I think everyone agrees. Now, I think there's a big question mark with Leonard that is unanswered. But let's set that aside for a minute. And that question mark obviously being the conflict with the Spurs with Pop. Here's the question, though. Whatever decrease there is from Leonard to Paul George, I don't think it's worth what seeming... Again, one thing we've seen here is the narratives don't are, are often not correct. So maybe all this talk about what the trade's going to be is just talk. But if it's anything like Ingram and another good player and a number one, boy, I'd rather have Paul George and no expense than Leonard and that expense. No doubt. $137 million deal. Paul George, breaking news about 70 minutes ago, not going to the Lakers, staying in Oklahoma City. We're going to get back to the Lakers here in a second. Can we Let's talk about what this does for Oklahoma City. First of all, how about the talking heads out there, RJ, who have bashed the hell out of me guy, hero ball, Russ Westbrook? He well, actually, someone wants to play with him, and he out-recruited other organizations. I, I would think he was the lead recruiter on this. Yeah, and, and I think it's, and let's be candid, one of the things we try to do in Straight Out of Vegas, pregame.com, I'm RJ Bell, is grade our takes. Because if you can have hot takes with impunity, who cares? All right, you're going to say anything. But if you know you're being watched, listened to, tracked, regression analysis on, on the conclusions, now you're going to be a little more conservative. So in a minute, Cofield, you're going to be answering. Yeah, do it. I'm not saying you're yeah, right. I'm ready. I'm not saying you're wrong. Yeah. I, I think he's wrong. But okay, I'm not saying it loudly yet. But first, though... Let's get a quantification. Let's put numbers on it the way that Vegas does better than anybody. What did OKC gain? So Fezzik, NBA originator, is, let's look at it on a per-game basis. 
It's February. OKC's playing a game. In scenario A, they have Paul George. In scenario B, they don't. On a points-per-game basis, how much does OKC improve with Paul George? He's worth a little over two points per game. All right, so two points per game. So if they, if they were laying four, they'd be laying six with, or four without Paul George, six with Paul George. Correct. Okay, and second of two questions on this, give me your estimate. And in the second hour, we're going to, and we think we're going to have updated NBA title odds that we're going to run down the favorites. But this is your number. OKC's odds to win the title without Paul George and then with Paul George. Without him, 120 to 1, and that might even be optimistic. With yeah, him. just gave the numbers 120 to 1. You've got this is your let's make sure we're not confused. All right, everyone coast to coast, sea to shiny sea. Steve Fezzik's giving you his number, so you can't quantify or, or you can't qualify and say, Well, you know, it, it could be this and it could be higher. No, what is your number? 120 to 1 without Paul George, Oklahoma City, and with Paul George, 60 to 1. Okay, so this is, in a way, paradoxical. On one hand, OKC's chance of winning the title was small without Paul George and small with him. On the other hand, it is a big, big upgrade. The team is significantly better with Paul George. Agree, Kofu? Yes, and it's also the future because they have him in a four-year deal, so he's around to build around. Yeah, yeah, which also you would think increases the chance of re-signing Russell Westbrook. Yes, and they can withstand, if they keep him around, Carmelo Anthony being around for one more year because that contract is a freaking disaster. When we come back, Steve Cofield, who loves to spew hot takes and have no consequence to them (laughs) on his local show, that doesn't cut it nationally. We're going to call him on one of his hot takes. My guess is... He's going to still act like he was right. I'm leaving, but we got more coming up straight out of Vegas on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Straight out of Vegas brought to you by Granger, the products and services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back. Granger, for the ones who get it done, Steve Cofield, RJ Bell. We got Brad Powers and Fezzik here. Lots of breaking news on the NBA free agent front. The big news in the last 80 minutes or so Paul George not going to LA, staying in Oklahoma City. Max deal, four years, $137.5 million. But most importantly, it's time to grade a hot take from the hot take hot shot. Steve Cofield, you had one that puts you, boy, squarely, Cofield, in the minority mm-hmm. when Indiana traded for Paul George. Recap it. I thought it was a disaster. Oklahoma City was getting a rental player in Paul George with no shot. <laughs> of re-signing him for two good young assets, Victor Oladipo and DeMontis Sabonis. Sabonis and Oladipo combined average 34 points a game, so they delivered most improved player in the league, Oladipo. It was a disaster when the deal was made, but now, since Paul George is returning to OKC, it's an even trade. Wow, now that's clever. So what you're saying is, because you were very forthcoming about how, in some ways, you you so missed on it with the idea of the rent-a-player with Paul George. And you're saying, yes, everything went about as well as it could for OKC, and thus, it was an even trade. <laughs> now, let me ask you this, because it brings up mm-hmm. 
a fascinating point. Would OKC, and then let's ask the same question, would the Pacers, as of right now, would they both make that trade again if they could go back in time? If I were OKC, I would not. But here's the question. Yeah. Was Oladipo's growth about something in his personal life? He watched Tony Robbins or something, and he finally got on it? Was it about playing with? Yeah. Or was it the environment of player development and the interpersonal relationships at OKC versus Indiana? Maybe it's about playing with Westbrook. Thus, under that theory then... Mm -hmm. You think OKC would aggressively still make the trade because Paul George thrived in OKC? I said maybe. I said Uh maybe. It was about Westbrook hindering Oladipo. I will bring this up, and this is important with OKC in the future. Oklahoma City improved by one win with Paul George. Pacers got to 48 wins plus six wins. By the way, Oklahoma City and Indiana won the same amount of games. Yeah, but remember. And it is east-west. The west is much deeper, much tougher. Remember, Golden State... Lost in the champion, they won seventy three games. Lost in the NBA Finals to LeBron, they were up three one. Lost, as our listeners remember, and they signed the second best player in the NBA, and they won less games. So, are we going to say how bad Durant is? No, okay. you don't grade everything but, on wins. But I, you know, what, I'll tell you what an interesting but bet. only only when it's convenient for no, you. No, but an interesting bet is head to head. Who would you take for wins during the regular season? Again, you don't grade everything on wins. Indiana or Oklahoma City coming up this year. They both had forty eight. Well, that's a good question because we were talking about it coming in from the break. Let's go back to Fezzik, Steve Fezzik, pregame pro, NBA originator, professional batter. Okay. OKC barely made the playoffs this year, though they got a higher seed than you would expect. The herd, Colin Cowherd, was ranting and raving. I think it was that <laughs> Monday, and he was right. Yeah. Is There was one game, I think it was the penultimate game, the 81st game, that if – OKC had lost. They were underdogs to make the playoffs at that point. They won. And, and what, what Colin was saying loud and clear was this would be one of the most disappointing results in the history of the NBA is Russell Westbrook not making the playoffs last year. But they did. Now, this year, what would you put the odds to be that OKC makes the playoffs? Because my point is, and we talked about it last segment. This doesn't make OKC a title contender. Signing Paul George, that's what we're talking about here, the Vegas effect. What does Vegas say about Paul George being signed straight out of Vegas is, to me, it says this team's much better, but they're still not a title contender. Because you estimated 60 to 1 would be their title odds, even with Paul George for OKC. But they would have been 120 to 1 without him. So a much improved team, but still not a title contender. Are they a clear favorite to even make the playoffs? So if I ask you, what are the odds OKC makes the playoffs next year? They're a huge favorite to make the playoffs. I will make them a minus 400 favorite, meaning I would bet $4 to make a dollar that they will make the playoffs. Okay. I'll now. take the dog play on that. Oh, hold on a I'll second. I'll take the dog play on that. Yes. 
Without even knowing dirtiest player in the game. I'm going to call dirtiest player in the game right now. So so here's what I'm going to say. Here's what I'm going to say that's going to shut Cofield up for a minute. $10,000 minimum bet. So you might have to just sit back and (laughs) check your Twitter real quick. All right. We're going to get serious on this one. Now, first of all, are you serious? Because I... I want you to know you can back down right now. If you want to back away and say, you know, RJ, if you disagree with me, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm not going to buck that. That would be smart. And if you want to do that, I, I, w- I will accept it. Well, whenever you put a caveat like that out there, I probably should back down. But I don't want I don't want to come across as a wimp. I'm sticking with my number. All right. So here's what we'll do because we're going to start a new series on Straight Out of Vegas. Is and we'll be posting this up at pregame.com in the forums as we make our cash bets on air. We're in Nevada. We're fine. Uh, and you're in Nevada. You're in the pregame.com offices here. Is We're going to keep track, and we'll have little videos of the payoffs and such. And, you know, I like $100 bills. I don't like 50s. Brad, you know that. Is <laughs> Wait, I still owe you 50 don't yeah. I? Let's bet $500 and so I'm risking 500 to win 2,000. I'm saying OKC does it. Now, I think OKC has 60% chance to make the playoffs, maybe even 65. But at plus 400, even if it's 70%, I'm looking mighty good. So do you accept 500 wins me 2,000 if OKC does not make the playoffs next year. I accept your proposition. I also recognize you'll be tweeting me all year long every time Utah and Denver win close games. No, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll just collect. Right? It'll be a fun 10 minutes when I collect. <laughs> Can I throw this one out? Will anyone? <laughs> the dirties playing the game? Will anyone bet me on season wins? Oklahoma City, Indiana, head-to-head. Now, that's interesting, Fez. Why don't you ponder that? You, do you have a clear number for both teams? I think Oklahoma City would be about 48, and Indiana probably higher, 50. Mm. Wait, what just happened? I thought I had a soccer player there. <laughs> wait, so, so wait a minute. So hold on. The square chair was trying to soccer the only two-time Super Contest champion, Steve Fez. It seemed like he put it together pretty quickly. <laughs> that's what he tends Damn to you. do. So now I've got to lay of what... Of, I was going to say a run and a half. A win and a half? Yeah, I think we leave that one. We got our Damn one. Damn you, Fezzik. Now, listen, I think you got to give Presti, the GM of OKC, a ton of credit here. Because, you know, Annie Duke, famous poker player. She's actually a professional. I think at University of Pennsylvania now. I'm not sure about that. Uh, Annie Duke wrote a book this year called Thinking in Bets. And uh, Mike Lombardi from The Ringer uh Loves that book. Thought it was one of the better books of the year. Now, what is thinking in bets? Here's the example I like to give. There's a place that has their their Manhattan clam chowder on day three, half price off. So instead of five bucks a bowl, it's two fifty a bowl. Now, what are the odds that you're going to get sick from it? (laughs) And how much is that? uncertainty of getting sick worth compared to the 250. Now we all make those if you know if you think of it explicitly or you don't human beings are all making those types of calculations pricings is this worth it isn't it worth it you know I've seen Brad at lunch spend I mean like 20 seconds now this sounds a little crazy 
but he'll spend like 20 seconds thinking, is that Swiss cheese on that Reuben sandwich worth the dollar? <laughs> and then he makes a decision at a certain point. We all do that nonstop. And to me, it's what Sam Presti did here. Because most people think in results, oh, they signed Paul George. Cofield was wrong. Presti, Presti, Presti. Okay. But would it have been any of a worse trade if Paul George left? As long as Presti understood, what were the odds of him staying? I don't know. My guess, 30% maybe. And then they improved those odds through developing a relationship. From all press accounts, Westbrook's relationship with Paul George was a driver of this. I'm sure the culture of OKC, the Thunder, was part of this. But Presti made a bet. And in this case, the bet paid off. But even if it didn't, Presti's renowned for thinking in bets. And I think you got to give him credit, not only when there's a payoff, but trust the process. Which, in a weird way, that phrase has become a cliche. But don't forget, is if you look at what the Sixers were doing, and, and I, I think past tense is fair there, right? Because the GM there laughed or got fired, is they were saying, let's approach this like pricing uncertainty, like bets, quite frankly, like a hedge fund, which is where the GM's history for the Sixers was, was with the hedge funds. So to me, I think you've got to give Presti a ton of credit, but you've got to also understand if you're grading things by the results, always you're making a mistake. You've got to grade things by the process. Now we're going to throw and have an update, and maybe there's even more breaking news. And when we come back, though, we're going to be talking about what this really does mean, the Paul George signing for the Lakers. Here's Steve DeSager with the latest. Boy, it's so much NBA news with the league's free agency period getting underway about an hour and a half ago. About 20 contract agreements reported. We'll start with the big three all-stars in the news. Kevin Durant agreeing to re-sign with Golden State one year plus an option so he can be a free agent again next summer. Paul George committed to re-sign with Oklahoma City. ESPN says it's three years plus an option for max money. And Chris Paul will sign a four four-year max contract worth about $160 million to stay with the Houston Rockets. More NBA news in a minute. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore. We're True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. In the round of 16 openers at the World Cup today, Uruguay, now 4-0 in the tournament, eliminated Portugal 2-1. France, a 4-3 win, eliminating Argentina. That game being replayed on FS1 right now. Sunday morning, it's Spain against host Russia, 10 a.m. Eastern time on Fox TV. In baseball, Seattle won its sixth game in a row tonight. Earlier, Oakland won its sixth straight. Easy wins for the Red Sox and Braves. Texas got a victory. San Diego and San Francisco with wins. Colorado beat the Dodgers 3-1. As for the other NBA news, Trevor Ariza is on his 33rd birthday, leaving the Houston Rockets for a one-year deal, $15 million with the Phoenix Suns, according to Yahoo. Nuggets center Nikola Jokic is agreeing to a five-year max contract to stay with Denver. Derrick Rose will re-sign one year with Minnesota. Rudy Gay will get a one-year $10 million deal to re-sign with the Spurs. And Yahoo says free agent guard Marco Bellinelli has agreed to a two-year deal with the Spurs. DeAndre Jordan 
Gordon goes to Dallas on a one-year agreement. None of these things become official until Friday when the league's moratorium ends, guys. Good reminder, Steve, on the DeAndre Jordan point. He's agreed to a one-year deal with the Mavericks. It would seem like this time he wants to go there, but we know what happened last time. I thought when (laughs) Woj tweeted it out, it went official. That's not the case? Uh, He probably tweeted out the last time that he agreed with Dallas, and then it turned into a car chase around Dallas. No, Lakers, and as we finish here, our Vegas analysis. What does Vegas say about the Paul George trade? Is improved team for sure with them. Still not a title contender. That's what Vegas says. What is the consequences for the Lakers? When I think about it, it's probably a sign the Lakers have a clear plan that Paul George wasn't a part of because I didn't see the struggle. I didn't see Magic try to change this direction of Paul George moving away from L.A. And we talked about it last night. And remember, guys, straight out of Vegas, Friday night, right here on Fox Sports Radio, 11 Pacific to midnight, Saturday, extra hour. As you can see, we need it. 10 o'clock Pacific to midnight is what I said yesterday, pounding my fist, was the L.A. Lakers with, hypothetically, LeBron James and, not hypothetically, Magic Johnson is the most attractive NBA franchise situation in the history of the NBA, or at least in the modern era. I, I don't can't judge what Bill Walton in Portland was doing or whatever back in the day, but I think since 2000, that is clearly the case. Does anyone disagree with that? I don't agree 100%. On paper, it is. Until I see results, I don't believe it. So wait a minute. So you're saying... Well, first of all, you're not going to see any results before there's multiple signings of the Lakers this year. Mm-hmm. So, so I need a week to. I need what, what kind of re- what kind of result? Oh, I need. So you're not talking about are- wins and losses. Right. Well, first of all, we got to get LeBron signed right. to the Lakers before it's even right. We can explore it. So you're saying, well, you know something? If somehow LeBron signs with the Lakers, and then with that second max deal they got, and there's no one will take it, then I'm going to think maybe it's not so attractive. Well, yeah, and maybe the sun doesn't come up. Do you really? What is the worst? Let's be candid. What is the worst case scenario if LeBron signs with the Lakers Mm -hmm. of who the second best player on that team is? Worst case is DeMarcus Cousins. That's a disaster. That's a disaster. Absolutely. Is this that hot take language you use locally? It's a disaster. I use it nationally on satellite. (laughs) Well, we might. We might. (laughs) So wherever I use it, I'm right on this one. It's a disaster. Wow. I mean, obviously, it's the least, it's not as attractive of having Leonard. I'll give you three points here. You've got a 280 pound dude coming off an Achilles injury, so he's not going to be back probably four months into the season. He's temperamental. Now, you would assume LeBron's going to be able to keep him in line, but, you know, J.R. Smith is a jackass and he couldn't keep him in line at times. Those are problems. And again, I don't like teams that continue to build with big ball. I'm consistent on that. Except you, you got to wonder if you're fighting the last war at some, and, and that's the question. In the next ten years, mm-hmm. let's look at that horizon. Mm-hmm. Yes or no? I'm asking you, Cofield. Yes or no? The NBA continues moving to more and more Golden State type uh, space and pace three pointers, etc. Or 
at some point there's a correction because all these, you know, we get multiple players coming out of high school who can't play with their backs to the basket, can't defend in the post. And lo and behold, there's three or four, maybe a guy, you know, an Anthony Davis type decides I'm going to spend even more time in the blocks. And all of a sudden now there's almost like college football was in the late nineties. Remember passing, you know, passing didn't just start 10 years ago. There were, if you look at 1978 versus 88 versus 98, 2008, 18, every decade there's been more passing. But Brad, if I said, who was the best college football team of the 90s? By Nebraska. I think Option. I think you're right. And Frazier, right? So to me, I think what could happen is we keep moving towards Golden State mm-hmm. in the extreme, or it ends up being you got the teams that are playing Golden State style, and then you got the teams that are playing not a post style like the 80s, right. but where the post matters. I don't think it's going to go back ever again. Well, not to the way it right. was, but are we saying that a, a player like Cousins, let's let, let's agree that the injury, the health considerations right. are significant. And we're talking about the Lakers. If they do sign LeBron, what does that mean for the Lakers and how powerful will that draw be? Straight out of Vegas, I'm R.J. Bell. But if there wasn't the uncertainty with Cousins' health, is that a bad signing then? I don't love it. It depends on the money too. That's the caveat here. I, I'll I'll back off on disaster if they get him for you know one plus one deal and it's eleven million dollars a year. Okay, that's who, who, a good, who that's gets a, the who gets the one? The, whose whose option is that in that case? Doesn't really, I mean, does it really matter? Well, it very much that, matters. That's with a guy with an Achilles, but even at eleven and eleven, that would be a yeah. sweetheart of a deal. I mean, if they, I don't know what the but match. isn't the talk out there that they might sign the, uh, the Lakers might sign Cousins to a short term contract? Yes, but it would be at a max for, but just for the one year. If they get them for one year, I can deal with it. If okay. it's a one plus one and they don't have the option on the back end, a little bit shaky. And to me, the last topic on the Paul George signing and it I think dovetails into the Lakers conversation is the idea that the narratives out there are oftentimes wrong a la Paul George was all I mean I think at one point I saw odds that Paul George was like minus 500 to go to the Lakers I mean like a huge favorite doesn't mean the odds the odds in the cases of free agent signings are about the narrative and I think we have no idea. We might come on straight out of Vegas and you would be hot taking out the wazoo about how bad the cousin signing is, but just maybe Magic has a secret handshake deal, allegedly, potentially, with Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. And that, okay, one year with Cousins, with LeBron, and then maybe he plays great, and if so, if he's healthy, and that's the kind of guy, a la Randy Moss, you put him with the LeBron, and you tell him it's a one, you know, it's a one year deal. All of a sudden, you might get a monster year, year, and then Anthony Davis next year, and then all of a sudden, all the hubbub and hand waving looks foolish. And I like you cautioning all of us against buying into the narrative that LeBron has to get another major name in there this year, but because that, that's what I think that's where people are starting to trip and stumble towards Cousins. Like, well, he's. He's going to be the only remaining guy out there. You know, the major names who's unrestricted, if they can't trade for Kawhi, maybe they just don't get any of those guys. And they build it with a you know, more streamlined roster with, as you pointed out last night, 
flexibility moving forward, where it's just LeBron and a bunch of dudes. Well, flexibility doesn't mean a bunch of dudes. What I meant by flexibility is some of the best free agents in the world every year consider L.A., and LeBron's getting his pick every year. Like the great Matthew McConaughey line in Days and Confused, (laughs) right? He's waiting for those seniors every year. Right, LeBron can wait for the bell of the ball every year and potentially sign. And what we said last night, and Fez, I want to get your thoughts on this because this was the crux of our debate last night. Cofield and I went at it aggressively. By my estimate, probably 95% of the audience agreed with me. I'm going to get your thoughts. I'm not <laughs> saying that, that wasn't scientific. You, you, you have to win. I've thought about it a day later. We'll give you the win. You have to win. That's it right. took you That's a day good. to figure that one out, though. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but but Fez smoothing things over. I did the calculations and it, it came <laughs> to about ninety five percent. But if <laughs> Dreamland scenarios, I was right. If this happened, why, I was did, right. why did you? Re- I want to hear you, uh, recap the debate. So the uh, RJ's theory was that LeBron will be, uh, will be able to turn over the roster multiple times by having stars come in for. Two and three year deals, but but no, that was the distinction, right? Because Cofield had a great point. I said, Chris Paul. Now he signed, and we're going to be talking about that next with Houston. But let's say Chris Paul came in to L.A. Lakers. Would they want to sign Chris Paul to a four year deal at max? No. no, because I think in year three and four, that's not a good deal. Now who knows? But likely not. Right. We're thinking in bets again, right? Okay. But do you agree that the Lakers could get players of such quality that they sign for a max deal, and even if they drop off 10% at some point during that deal, that a Milwaukee, that an Orlando, a non-marquee city would still want that player in year three and four? So let's assume Paul George doesn't have a major injury or anything. It's just each year he's getting 5% worse or whatever. Maybe the Lakers sign him to, and, and, and again, this is now obviously just a example. Maybe they sign a CP3 type player with LeBron this year, but for a four year deal, play with LeBron in year one. Then after they look and say, do we want him back? Yeah, let's get him back. Year two, then they say, do we want him back? No, you know, he's dropped off. Let's, okay, Orlando, give us two second rounders. We're going to give you this CP3 contract. Now, everyone says, what about the no trade? Well, we did the math. We looked it up. Only two players in the entire NBA have a no trade. So it's very unusual. I think the Lakers are so pedigreed, so attractive with Magic and LeBron in that hypothetical. They can sign the very best guys, not all of them, but some of them, to max deals. Even guys, when they drop off a little bit in year three or four, potentially, that would still be tradable, which would let LeBron take the next girl, or in this case, player, that comes along. Strongly with you because you look at Carmelo Anthony. Here's a guy that people are still going to want to have because of his pedigree. And the mere fact a player comes to the Lakers is going to enhance their market value. Wait a second. That's the example? Who wants Carmelo Anthony now? I think that might be the example that things can go. That's the outlier. That's that's the disaster at at $29 million a year. But but I think he was borderline not worth it when they signed him, right? Right. Which is that's what's dangerous about signing these borderline max guys. My counter to your theory on, hey, 
two years, they start going down a little bit. Of course, an Orlando or Milwaukee will want them, right? The first time that major player is traded away from LeBron and the Lakers, aren't other players who are looking to go to the Lakers going to hesitate and say, wait a second, I'm, I don't want to go to the Lakers just to be traded after two years. Except, That's the way the organization is going to treat me? Except what's the other choice? Go to Orlando for four years? Go for the Lakers for two or uh, Orlando for go two? Go to Boston or Indiana, whoever uh, has salary well, flexibility. Perhaps, they're a good team that year. But remember now... And I've been married ten, or my ten year anniversary was a couple days ago, or actually June twenty first. Is it only takes one person when you get married to decide? Hey, that person's the person I want to be with. So you're right. Some may say that, but I think the Lakers have enough appeal that some elite players would be willing to go there for a max, even if they thought they might get traded in year three and four. When we come back. We're going to tell you what Vegas thinks of Chris Paul re-signing with Houston. It's on the way. Straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Straight out of Vegas in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Another hour on the way. We'll get you some updates on the odds around the association, but CP3, the next big name to fall as he will stay, Chris Paul, in Houston, four-year deal, $160 million. What does that mean for the Rockets? Well, we're going to get an update top of the hour on the title odds, and I feel very strongly that we're going to have Golden State and Houston one and two. And I think a lot of people out there might be thinking, yeah, Golden State's obviously favored, Boy, that's the question, is with Chris Paul back, if, and that's an if, he can stay healthy, would Houston have beat Golden State? A lot of people think so. I'm not so sure, but I think it was very possible. So, Fez, let's quantify it, and this is the way we do it. First points per game is the, um, I almost said the Clippers, is the Rockets (laughs) with CP3 versus without, how much of an upgrade is CP3 per game? Big upgrade, four points per game with CP3. Okay, so my thought is that's one of the – LeBron's worth about six points per game? He is. Jeez, so CP3 is two, has two-thirds of the incremental value above replacement because that's, th- that's the way to think about it is if it's a situation where it's just – oh, this guy's as good as a guy you can sign off the street, then it's like he has no value, really. Chris Paul's four points better than the replacement within on the Houston team would be, and LeBron has been sixth throughout his career, typically. Wow. That is strong for CP3. Critically important. And we saw that game six and seven when he was out. But that's the question, and we've debated it. They lost both of those games by more than four. So it's easy to say that he would have made the difference, but at least by those simple and probably two simple calculations, he wouldn't have. Now, top of next hour, we will have the updated NBA Finals odds, Golden State or Houston, which is favored. It's on the way. Another 60 minutes right here, straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Hour two, straight out of Vegas, Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. R.J. Bell, Steve Cofield. This is one of those nights, and I just tweeted it out, broadcasting the Vegas take. 
on NBA Free Agency, coast to coast, guys, broadcasting live straight out of Vegas, joined by pregame pros, two of them for the second hour, Steve Fezzik, probably the most famous sports better in the world. He's an NBA and NFL expert. We'll be talking both this hour. And Brad Powers, college football expert. And I would say with all of his special specialties within college football, his Heisman predictions might be best. In about 15 minutes, he's going to give us the updated Heisman odds for next year and one best bet and a couple other value picks. Vegas lead for hour two. Big night for what were the two best teams around the NBA, the Rockets and the Warriors. Let's start with the Warriors. Kevin Durant is back in. He's got a one-plus-one deal, so a two-year contract, the option on that back end. And it's a player option. Yes. Which brings up the point, flexibility. We've talked about the teams wanting it when they have the leverage, and obviously the players want it. Not a shocker, but the money is interesting. Kevin Durant. $30 $30 million this year. The option next year is $31.5. Let's just concentrate on the $30 million this year. The max he could have gotten is $35.7. I know people out there may laugh at this, but it makes a difference. That's an unselfish move. This is a guy who left almost $10 million on the table last year, making $25 million. You know what that does? That helps the team in terms of roster flexibility. I'm already a multi-millionaire. <laughs> Flair would have taken all the money. Well, no, you're making the point. Oh, yeah, yeah, point. yeah. yeah. He's already a multi-millionaire. Yeah. Listen, I love that. I really do. I get it. A lot of guys, and as a Steeler fan, I don't like it with Le'Veon Bell. At a certain point, how many yachts can you ski behind? And as they said in Money Never Sleeps, how much do you want? How much? More. And I think for some, it's a way to keep score. I'm making a million more than this guy. Thus, I'm better than this guy. And I can buy more than this guy. Now, you look at a Tom Brady, and he's got a lot of money. But hey, that extra $5 million or whatever he's given up in any given year... It could buy a lot of stuff. Bingo. Personally, I like, if I'm a fan, I, I try to think of this as a fan. If I'm a fan of OK, or of Golden State, I'm lo- loving Durant all the more for taking a little bit less. Draymond Green echoed the same sentiments about three weeks ago, said, you know what, what did I leave? About $6 million on the table, but it's not all about money. It's about rings. The, the legacy is about the rings, not that extra $6 mil. I'll be okay. I'm not, I don't have to change neighborhoods because I left $6 million behind. Now, I will say this. For a vast majority of Americans, and even more so around the world, it's about do you eat, you know, or it's not so much for a majority if you're eating or not, but money is about health care. Uh, can my kid go to that private school even if you're upper middle class? Fez is nodding. Fez, should I get every two years, should I get an, a new BMW or every three years? I, that's the kind of stuff you're thinking on. Is that is that a fair way to say it, Fez? How old's your, be- how, how old's your Beamer? I just want my seven-year-old to get the finest education he can. That is my priority. I am Elma J. Fudd, millionaire. I own a mansion and a yacht. That's Fez's concerns, right? Other people have... Other more important concerns. What's important, though, to keep in mind is the guys, the players who are making $5 million a year. 
because I'll be honest with you. I look at $5 million and say, hmm, yum, yum. But now half goes to taxes, and then the agent takes 10 the manager takes 10 a lot of cousins that want to start car washes, and there was a stunning report. Now, it's been five or six years, I think, and my sense is it's getting better. And, Cofield, you saw this, I'm sure, is the percentage of these professional athletes that go broke. Um, and, and some of it is the money gets gobbled up quicker than you think. Some of it is an expensive lifestyle. Some of it is ignorance of managing your money. But whatever the reason, I think if a guy is choosing between you know, $3 million and $6 million, I don't think you even want to ask that guy to take less, even as a fan, because if you make the pros, you should be set for like You should, if you play six, seven years in the pros and you're above average pro, you shouldn't be working a seven, you know, or wherever working, you know, selling used cars or whatever. That's what you see a lot of former athletes leveraging their quasi celebrity, selling cars or running bar, you know, clubs. Man, I'd like to see that guy, you know, feel the reward of being a one in a million shot. But if you're choosing between 36 million and 30, I think you can take less. So that number's significant, especially when you put it against Chris Paul on the Rockets. Chris Paul got 159 million and change, 700 uh, four-year deal. That's the max deal. The Rockets already lost Trevor Ariza tonight. One-year deal to the Suns. I don't love this deal, first of all, for the length of the deal, and I think it limits the Rockets' flexibility. I can give you the cap numbers. I mean, they're they're $27 million over the cap already, and they still have to sign Clint Capella as a restricted free agent. That means they're really going to have to be creative to come up with the rest of that roster, and maybe by some miracle, Ryan Anderson, right? Big white who can shoot the threes, making like 21 mil. Maybe someone will take him. If not, I just don't know what the rest of the team is going to look like. Good luck with that. Right? You know, Cofield, you're in the square chair permanently, but that's a sharp take. Thumbs up on that take. Fez, I'm going to get you scribbling on some odds, some ad hoc odds here real quick. Four years from today, so year four of Chris Paul's, or four seasons from now. So Paul's deal is four or five years? It's four years. All right, four years from now, that fourth year, what is the over-under win total for the Rockets? So think on that as we keep talking here. But, Cofield, your take is, is so strong because it's a salary cap league. Every It's one thing, and listen, I would never ask a player in any circumstances to take less money so the owner can make more money. I mean, I used to be a Pirate fan, and I so despise, and I, I don't know every detail of it, but that organization, that ownership, it, it, it's profits first. You would think the appreciation in a fiscal sense, the financial appreciation of major league franchises, of all professional, you know, big sport franchises is enough. If you broke even a couple years, it wouldn't be the end of the world, right? But no. And to me, it's a zero-sum game. For every dollar the Pirates put their ownership into their pocket, it's a dollar they're not play, paying their players. And if the players were staying, it wouldn't matter. They're not staying. But in a salary cap league, and you could say, well, it's not a hard cap, but once you're over that that second year at third, it almost becomes impossible to keep it going. Well, your owners have to be willing to pay 
a hefty tax. It's like forty percent extra. I mean, it well, gets crazy. Example: the tax bill for OKC. Give you know what? Give the owner credit. Bring in Paul George back and spend on all that money. Unless they find a way to extricate themselves from the mellow deal, their tax bill is one hundred and thirty million dollars. Now, isn't that ironic? Used properly there. That <laughs> the OKC, <laughs> I think OKC was going to have, and this is from Bill Simmons. I'm going by memory, like a seven or eight million dollar. If they would have kept Harden for that one more year, I think they said the cap hit would have been, uh, you know, the penalty would have been less than ten million bucks. So when you would have had three MVPs on one team, ultimate MVPs for one more year, and it's not like they got such a haul in that trade that was like, well, we got to make that trade now. They could have made that same trade later, right? is, man, sign him for one more year and pay a little bit relatively extra out of the cap or or penalty. But now you're saying based on, Cofield, your understanding of these contracts, they're going to be paying significant penalties now? Yes. Wow. Because back-to-back years, you get you get hit, like you said, you get hit more it's and escalating. more. escalating. Yes. Okay. So I think you think of it like a zero-sum game. Every dollar Chris Paul's taking – is a dollar they can't spend to sign that that third, that fourth, that fifth player. And let's see what happens when they're collecting these extra players, players who want to go for titles. Let's see who comes up with a better collection of new players. Will it be GSW or the Rockets? But, you know, I keep hearing that. Yeah. Who who did Golden State? They, Gold- did, they did a terrible job this year. So you're saying they took their crack at those guy, guys chasing rings and they all ended up being crappy? I mean, do you like Swaggy P? I didn't think that was a great signing. So we're talking about Golden State. Yeah. I think they'll upgrade from from a guy like that. I mean, I'll give you one that's crazy, and I'm not sure Golden State would want him. What if they could get Dwight Howard on that team for minimal money? He's made $213 million in his career. Now, the flip side of that is everyone hates him. Yeah. but that's So back, the Warriors want to do it. That's back to the idea with Cousins is, and, and the Patriots and the Lakers with Cousins potentially, is when you have multiple championships – when you are the best team in the league, a guy like a Randy Moss will settle down for a while. And again, I don't know Randy Moss. I'm not talking about his, his anything ethical. I'm just talking about being a team guy, right. potentially, uh, or it seems like it's been a problem for guys. You know, Obviously, for Dwight Howard, I don't think we need to say it seems to be a problem. So after I've said all this, am I wrong on Golden State having an edge now? What, what do you think the odds are going to look like? All right, let's do it. So, Cofield, your thought is that net-net... CP3 to Houston, Durant or staying at Houston, Durant staying. That's a net win for Golden State. Let's get the odds. All right, Fez, no one in the world has these odds up yet. Brad Powers, back in a minute or two, or right after the break, we're going to be talking Heisman with him. Give us the Steve Fezzik odds, and let's go to the four or five favorites in the NBA. Just read them down. Golden State, clear-cut favorite. Three to two, plus 150. All right, so plus 150, Golden State, favored to win the title. Number two, Houston Rockets, three to one, RJ. All right, so going into the playoffs, Golden State and Houston were much, much closer. So this follows up Cofield's thought that net-net, 12 months fast forward, is we expect now Golden State to be relatively further ahead of Houston this year than they were last year. Correct. 
Okay, and give us the next couple favorites. It's a dead heat for three, Philly and Boston. They're both six to one. Disagree with anything, Cofield? No, because I have to see the rest of the rosters. I mean, this is early speculation. This is what Vegas does. We price uncertainty. It's a good point. Uh, You know I like Golden State. I've been back in Golden State. We had an argument about it last night. Yes, I, I like Golden State moving forward. When we come back, we have our college football expert giving us a best bet on who's going to win the Heisman Trophy. So up next? Straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Yeah, we got hot dog contest odds. Fourth of July, that's coming up in less than 15 minutes. By the way, do you guys think that LeBron to wherever is going to break tonight? Media people are just staying up all night trying to see, especially in L.A., like, hey, is he going to land here? I mean, he obviously landed there and was meeting. Is he going to pick tonight? I don't think so. LeBron understands media in 2018 <laughs> as well as any professional athlete. Well, I would say one of the top 10 guys in the world that understands media, LeBron James. Why not let the interest build? Maybe and Tuesday? Build? Maybe Tuesday? Uh, yeah, I think right at the point... T.S. Eliot said, you never know how far you can go till you go too far. Right when you get to the point, people are starting to bellyache. Oh, when's he going to decide? That's when he does it. That's when he does it. Nine Saturdays until college football. You counting? Yeah, a little bit. Brad Powers is here, our college football expert. He's going to give us Heisman value bets and... Go over the top five favorites. So here are the top five favorites. Bryce Love, six to one. Jonathan Taylor, eight to one. Tua, T, Tonga Vailoa, ten to one. Jake Fromm, 15. Khalil Tate, 15. And then we've got value plays. But give me your take on the favorites. Well, I mean, starting with the favorite, Bryce Love, uh, obviously a little bit, uh, when you look at the top two favorites, both being running backs, to me that's a little bit of a surprise because, I mean, let's look at what the Heisman Trophy's become. It's more of a quarterback award at the last 18 years 15 of the last 18 winners have been quarterbacks so it makes sense rg just mentioned earlier in the show what's college football become more of a passing game with each decade that goes by more passing yards that's going to help obviously statistics for the quarterbacks less uh, emphasis on the run game so a little bit of a surprise this year that the top two favorites both being running backs another thing with the heisman so let's recap this last 18 years <laughs> 15 quarterbacks have won the Heisman, three non-quarterbacks. Three, Yeah, 15 quarterbacks, three running backs. That's it. And the top two favorites this year, running backs. Running backs. All right, so here's the macro question. Is this some reversal of that macro trend in college football towards more passing? Or is this, this specifically about not some not many if any, great quarterbacks, potentially, at least that's the projection, and how good these running backs are. Uh, I think the macro take on this is, number one, you lost a lot of quarterbacks to the draft. A lot of the big names just left college football. And a lot of the top teams have question marks. The Ohio States, the Clemsons, Alabamas, all the national title contenders have issues. There are at least question marks at quarterback coming in the season, not proven year, year-long starters coming back for them. So that's that take. But what I take from it is, that, to me, because the top two favorites are running backs, 
That gives value to me on the quarterbacks. If you want to go quarterbacks, and I suggest you do so because that's what the awards become, give some more value because the top two favorites are running backs. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. All right, five value plays from Brad Powers on the Heisman odds board. One, you mentioned Ohio State with a quarterback situation. Dwayne Haskins won the job. Well, uh, this is my best bet uh, for as far as the Heisman goes for this year. All right, so we, we're leading with the best yeah, bet. We're lead with it's the a best. different approach. Yeah. The storytelling is leading with the ending, but let's do it. Here's what I'm going to do, and listen, you can't listen to Brad and not realize that he understands college football as well as anyone. I read nine newspapers a day. But his specialty is the Heisman. The first radio show we ever did here locally in Las Vegas. First time Brad comes in, he scares faces a little white. He's scared. He's on the radio in the big time. His voice isn't really strong. And he gave me a pick at 100 to 1. What was that pick, Brad? Lamar Jackson, 2016, 100 to 1 to win the Heisman. Now that is an auspicious beginning. So when we get the best bet on the Heisman, no guarantee because last year you had. Bryce Love, 100 to 1 to win the Heisman. And he got second. Second. But they don't pay for second. No, they don't. So two units bat, you only won 100 units. <laughs> Instead <laughs> yeah. of, all right. So I'm still happy with it. So here we go. If the listeners make one bat on the Heisman, you would suggest Dwayne Haskins, quarterback, Ohio State. Not 100 to 1, not as juicy as the last couple of years, 25 to 1. Not in, not among the top 10 favorites, and I think that's another thing I wanted to point out is the Heisman Trophy is that one area in sports betting where it's not as far as bad advice to go with a long shot. Six of the last nine years in the Heisman Trophy winner has not been in the preseason top eight favorites. That's like similar to a Michigan State or an Oklahoma State winning the national title, a team like that six of the last nine years. So this is the and, one. And I do think there's a reason for that. It's the media cycle. Back in the day, to win, it was, as you've called it, almost a lifetime achievement award because you pretty much had to be on the magazine covers that were set in May and June in order to be well-known enough to win. Now, you have a couple of hot games for a top 25 team, and everyone in the world knows you. So it's more egalitarian. It's actually more fair now. The better player wins but that's very different than it used to be 10 years ago. Absolutely. And another factor is is those guys that are well-known, you are getting scrutinized more often. Sam Darnold asked him about that. And you're also competing not with everyone else in the country. You're competing with your stats from last year. Lamar Jackson this past year ran for more yards, passed for more yards, had a higher completion percentage. He didn't win back-to-back Heisman. the only guy to do it, obviously, Archie Griffin from RJ's, the Ohio State University. And I'll tell you this, you make such a great point. If Russell Westbrook hadn't had a triple-double for the season last year, and he was the first player in history to do it this year, or first player since, what, Oscar Robinson, right? Would he have won the MVP this year? Probably. What percentage (laughs) less interest... (laughs) Did Russell Westbrook get for... Now, I know he secured it the last game where the year before he had a little bit of margin of error. But if anything, that would have made the enthusiasm more. Is he going to have it? I don't think it was hardly talked about. (laughs) 
And I listen to a lot of talk yeah. radio. I, I mean, I think I think the best example, and that's a, that is a great one. People just get tired of the storyline. Let's find something else. I mean, LeBron. You can argue LeBron James is plus thirty five wins to a team. How is he not? And when he when he's posting career high numbers in several categories, how is he not the guy? Yeah, and that's an interesting debate. But but and, and Colin like, oh, talks I'm about tired of it. Kobe, exactly. Kobe too. And I think in the NBA draft, you see the same thing. If you have two or even one full season at Duke or something to watch a player play, you got, oh, oh, he had that one bad game. He had this. What about against that guy? And then if you got the seven-foot Asian fellow who's playing against chairs. This this draft, Luka Doncic, I'm I'm listening to national radio coming in, and he, he clearly is the best guy in the draft. Really? Based on what body of evidence? So because Bre- it's a sexy story. You know, we've been talking Heisman for a long time, but you just added a new dimension. These long shots, it's not just they can emerge quicker. It's that, it, it, you know how they say in the Oscar race, sometimes you'll hear, oh, that, that, that a movie got hot too early, and then people got bored of it by the time of the voting. You start emerging out of nowhere at the beginning of a college football season, you're probably cresting. You're probably reaching your apex of positive feelings come Heisman voting. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better. You want to peak right around game three, game four, really catch fire. Lamar Jackson in his Heisman year had a terrible last three, four games of the season, but he was that hot name at the moment when all the Heisman talk was really popular. So repeat your best bet. Dwayne Haskins, quarterback, Ohio State, fits all the guidelines. He's on a national title contending team. He's a quarterback, obviously, and he's not among the top ten of the Heisman favorites. This is your wake-up call, pal. Go to work. Dual-threat quarterbacks have an advantage. You know, you're putting up big numbers, rushing and passing, and you can pile up touchdowns. Oklahoma has a guy who possibly could be that guy. Yeah, Kyler Murray. If you're looking for a second bet, uh, obviously Dwayne Haskins for Ohio State, my, my best bet. Kyler Murray, quarterback, Oklahoma, about 20-1. to 1. Here's what I do like about Kyler Murray this year. Obviously, he's on, on a preseason top five, top six team. That, that's key. He's in a system that's very quarterback-friendly with Lincoln Riley. He's relatively unknown. Everyone's talking about the loss of Baker Mayfield, when the reality is Kyler Murray probably has an even higher upside. How can you have a higher upside than the number one pick in the draft? Well, you look at Kyler Murray, he's a better runner than Baker Mayfield. Maybe not as accurate, but is, can be a stronger thrower down the field. And it's his final year of football. And this is a guy that was a top 10 pick in the, in the Major League Baseball draft. I got to think he goes all in. Now, he's also a high variance. If Kyler Murray gets off to the slow start, particularly Oklahoma gets off to a slow start, this will be a dead tick in the water because I got to think he starts focusing on what his career is going to be, and that's going to be in Major League Baseball. Let me counterpunch here. College football has its history, pageantry, it has a love affair with, with itself, quite frankly. A guy who's saying this is a secondary consideration for me, obviously if, if it's not a debate and he's the best player by far, it won't be a difference. But if it's a close call, do they vote for a guy that won't be playing football next year? Mm, that's a good call. But, I mean, they didn't reward uh, you know, a lot of guys that came back, like a Peyton Manning who came back. When, when you're talking about it being a Lifetime Achievement Award, a lot of times the guys that come back and, and are – really focused on it, it sometimes can be a negative because you get scrutinized. Yeah, but that's back to the idea once you win once, you get over-scrutinized. Here's someone rejecting the very sport. So I think next week, let's tease ahead. I like that. Next Saturday, we'll talk more Heisman because you're so strong on this. I'm going to be making multiple bets 
We got an update here in a moment. And when we come back, maybe my favorite time of the sports betting year. Now, that sounds funny. and It is a little funny. It involves hot dogs. Real athletes going at it. But first, Ralph Irvin with the latest. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. And yes, NBA free agency negotiating time has opened. And deals cannot be officially finalized until next Friday. But deals can certainly be made. Kevin Durant agreeing to stay with Golden State. Agreeing on a one-year deal with a one-year option. Total would pay him $61.5 million. Paul George is going to stay in Oklahoma City on a four-year deal, while Chris Paul will stay in Houston on a four-year deal. Trevor Ariza leaving Houston. He's going to go to Phoenix on a one-year $15 million deal. Nikola Jokic, big deal in Denver. Five years, $147 million. On your on car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience on the Major League Baseball Diamond San Francisco. A 7 0 shutout of Arizona. The Diamondbacks still lead in the NL West. Atlanta's all out in front in the NL East. They were 11 4 winners over St. Louis. Boston back in front in the AL East after an 11-0 shutout of the New York Yankees at the World Cup. Saturday, France doubled up Argentina 4-2. Uruguay, a 2-1 winner over Portugal. Sunday, Spain faces Russia. The host Russians at plus 440 on this match. That'll start at 10 Eastern. Croatia takes on Denmark at 2 Eastern. The Danes plus 450. They are the dog in that one. Both of those matchups, of course, on Fox. And this just in, deep research showing quality free agents to sign on to play with LeBron James remains at zero. Disaster. Total disaster so far. I was thinking he was going to do an ad read there. Like, that'd be a good way to go. This just in, breaking research. You know, use comics to clean your sink. I mean, I was listening. But I guess that's that professional read. That was good. Two and a half hours in, the Lakers have signed no one. This is an utter disaster. Magic needs to walk. <laughs> yeah. Listen, we can I'll take Hasha. Listen, we can take the Lakers fans and the Magic fans can take their victory. You know, listen. Obviously, you know I re, I was twenty two years old in nineteen ninety two, and when Magic got the diagnosis for the HIV, it was at the time it was perceived as a death sentence. It wasn't. Is Magic going to make it? It was, is he going to die in six months or 18 months? And obviously there's uh, randomness to some degree or, or the, the specifics of each individual. But the fact that he was, you know, with the money, but, but yeah, money helps. A lot of rich people died from that disease is the idea that he could over. I mean, imagine ego, right? And confidence. You say, Michael Jordan won six titles, and like, how confident is he when he walks out for competition? Whatever it is, right? Rightfully so. But if you're the guy that, you know, one of the first, if not the first really known guy to get that diagnosis and, and to beat it, or at least beat it up to this point, knock on wood, boy, talk about feeling like you're indestructible. I mean, got to be impressed by that. I mean, Kofi, I know you still are going to dog on him. It's all great. I mean, that's not good enough for you. Well, I I will point out, there is a rule in my house. I am not allowed to take shots at Magic Johnson. The lady friend (laughs) cannot take shots at. My hero, the best athlete in the world, the most dominant athlete we have going right now, Joey Chestnut. 
<laughs> Listen, I love the hot dog eating contest. Now, here's why. Not we're, as much as me, but I, but I respect that you love it. And we're going to get the odds. Well, you grew up. Now, how far were you growing up from Coney Island? Uh, probably, uh, well, with New York, New Jersey traffic of, you know, an hour and 15 minutes close. So in, in a given year, how many? when you were like 16, did you go even once? I never went up there, no. It, 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 I'm telling you, travel around Connecticut, New York, and New Jersey, it's like a different world to go an hour and a half. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You mean people don't... Because I, I felt like it was the opposite. Like Howard Stern used to drive him from Long Island every day to Manhattan for work. Right, but to cross over the border to Dirty Jersey didn't happen for him. <laughs> and vice versa. I, I, I only went to Long Island a couple of times. You know, one of the great lines on All in the Family, right? Archie Bunker, is Meathead was finally going to move out. <laughs> so they start looking for apartments and stuff with Gloria, and they can't find anything. And Meathead goes, you know something? If we don't catch a break here... We're going to wa- have to live in New Jersey. Oof. He goes, no one wants to live in New Jersey. <laughs> and then, and, and our, that was Archie's response. Yeah. He goes, no one wants to live in Jersey, but someone has to. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. All I know about Coney Island is the hot dog contest and that movie, The Warriors. Remember that? That's the, it was the journey back to Coney Island. Uh, and there's they a great Lou Reed back. song, Coney, Coney Island Baby, right? All right. Now, here's my last thought, and then we'll get the odds on this, is... I love gluttony. I don't mean, maybe gluttony is not the right word, though I probably do love that too. I love extremes because I'll be honest with you. I had a corporate life in front of me. I graduated from Ohio State with a finance degree, did quite well, got into an Ivy League law school and said no. I said no to that. And a couple years later, I moved out to Vegas and to me, when I looked at, you know, they all say lives of quiet desperation or whatever. When you look at most people's lives, there's very little that's out of hand. That's like, oh, my gosh. I, like, even in Vegas, we met a fellow yesterday. He just moved to Vegas. We had a drink with him. but Well, we didn't drink before the show, but we met at a bar, had a water, and the cost of doing radio. And he had just moved here a few years ago. And he was hanging out at the, he says he's up on the strip at 4.30 in the morning pretty much every night, just living it up, tearing it down. And we can look and say, oh, that's good. You know, if you're 20, this guy's like 40, almost 40. It's like, if you're 20, that's okay. But if you're 40, that's sad. Really? Because the question is, and, and let me talk to the listeners, what is it in your life that you're doing that you'd be willing to be up at four in the morning for. In fact, not willing, but enthusiastically. Guys who play poker, for example, they love it. They Most of them make a lot less money than you might think. A lot of them are struggling to make their rent. Like guys, you might even know their names, right, Fez? Oh, absolutely. It's gotten so much more difficult the past 10 years. And the idea of them loving the game so much loving the life so much that they're willing to sacrifice for it, that like living on the edge, I appreciate it. And I think most people in life don't have that. And in a weird way, I think that's why recreational gambling can be something that gives you that little bit of, you know, the the dad with the three kids. And obviously kids and family are great. The question is, is it mutually exclusive to have kids and a family and have something you want to be up at four o'clock in the morning for? Most people don't have that. The idea that I am talking sports betting in July. This is probably, in theory, 
right around July 4th that that is time, especially when the NBA free agency dies down. There's no football. It's just baseball. And still, when I do my national radio hits, I do about 10 a week during the offseason, 20 a week during the regular season. We spend like seven or eight minutes talking about hot dog eating contest odds. That is like being up at four o'clock in the morning. And it's also like gluttony because let's be candid. There is the other side of, hey, don't eat just enough to get full. Eat enough to, to, to really feel like you've done something. Now, obviously, health wise, that's not a good thing. But just as obviously, it can be mighty fun. That's a bang bang. Well, that's where we go have a whole meal at one place and then go right to another place and have another one. Bang bang. <laughs> What's the odds, Faz? Joey Chestnut has won 10 of the last 11 hot dog eating contests July 4th. No surprise. He is an enormous favorite over the field. He is minus 700. you got to risk 700 to make 100. If you like the field, RJ, 100 gets you plus 450, 450. But I love this. Over, under hot dogs, 70 and a half. Now, what was that? Do you know last year's nut count? Victory yeah. count? Last year, Chestnut ate 72. The number two guy ate 62. And here's the thing. The Sharps pounded the over last year. They got some information that Chestnut, in some preliminary eat-off, had eaten 72. <laughs> and they pounded over 68.5, And the books actually got beat pretty bad. So, I mean, this is up. This isn't one of those just one offshore book with a nickel limit. I mean, Pinnacle has these up, don't they? Yeah, they're being a little more cautious this year. I had to look around, but the first book is up with that 70F shocker. Already money on the over. Now the over is favored at minus 140. I think I think E60 or someone did a special on this where if you look at the numbers of what was winning 10 years ago, mm-hmm. it's been a drastic increase. And they cut the time down from 10, check that, 12 to 10 minutes. And, and it still went up. And the the, the, docu- uh, the documentary was talking about, it wasn't like they're taking PEDs or their stomach's getting bigger. It's like the, the, the mechanics cut the hot dog in half, dip it in water. Kobayashi actually revolutionaries this. <laughs> they went from, the winners went from 28 to 52 seemingly overnight. Kobayashi had won six straight. And then it turned into this Pac-Man Floyd thing where he walked away over money. And those two haven't met now for these last 10 years. So what's Kobayashi doing? He's on the independent eating circuit. He just uh, I mean, he just gets paid to make appearances and do. There's a there. Believe it or not, there's actually an organization that oversees this, and they have their events. And Kobayashi's like, I can make more money, you know, doing it on my own. So you gotta wonder, just like with Floyd and Pacquiao, they circled each other. They circled they each meet other. Up, we gotta get this matchup again. But we need them in their prime. I think Kobayashi's getting a little long in the tooth. I'm also not sure if he would pass the IFOCE PED test. Now, guys, he just said that without looking at notes. I'm very wow. impressed. How, how many times have you said that phrase? And that might be the first time I said it. <laughs> International Federation of Championship Eating, PEDs. Kobayashi got really yoked at the end. He got even more yoked. <laughs> Is this egg yolks? No, I mean, not- he's, he's lifting hard. He's lifting hard. Actually, you know, a, a true point about this is I think the, the eaters actually got in better shape. Like the, the fat guys who used to be up there with the overalls, they can't compete anymore. You actually have to be an athlete and stretch out the stomach and work out all year. And we're almost a, a year into straight out of Vegas. 
That was Steve Cofield's most impressive five minutes. This is I, my week. I you should be doing show. a national TV hit. Any any producers interested? That, if you want RJ Bell, I'm going to pass you on to Steve Cofield because I could never rattle off the IFBBB PED test. Wow, what do you think of that, Fez? I love it. Now, I'm not a competitive eating handicapper, RJ, typically, but after all that money on the over last year, I think that it makes sense there'll be some value at post July 4th to play under. I'm just going to say it. You get this nowhere else. And when we come back, Mr. Fezzik is giving you his very best bet of the week. That's coming up straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. This could be the night when the histories are written that Steve Cofield really came out of his shell with the truth just emerged with his love of the hot dog eating contest. And as we were talking Leading into this last segment, best bet in a minute from Fezzik, you admitted something that I think just takes it to the whole other level. You actually travel around watching the plim- the the uh, what's it called where you actually have the, to win these contests yeah. to get into qualifiers. The ma- qualifiers. We've done live shows here in Vegas at the qualifier in front of New York, New York. We did it probably like five. Well, when years you say up. we did it. It wasn't like the bosses at the radio no, station said, no, you've got to go down. You're no, like saying like no. two months ahead, don't forget, we want to be down there for the hot dog eating. Nah. Right or wrong? Yes, absolutely. We have, we have the fattest local show in the country. I'm starting to call it a thousand pounds of show. So, of course, we like, you meant gluttony. Now let's gluttony. hope, we let's hope there's three people in the booth. There's actually four total. All right. the, the, the woman on the show pushes it over a thousand. She's like 110 pounds. All right, Fez, time for best bet. Stop on the Buffalo Bills to go under six and a half wins. I got to tell you, RJ, I don't like this bet. I love this bet. Last year, the Bills won nine games, but they really should have only won seven. They got outscored by 60 points. They won a lot of close games. Taylor is out at quarterback. In comes A.J. McCarron. That's a significant downgrade. Expect them to win one less than expected from seven down to six wins, but they had the most difficult schedule the first half of the season. What's logical to assume is that Josh Allen is going to be out there by Halloween dressed up as an NFL quarterback, and he's going to be even worse than McCarron, I believe. They're more like a four-win-win team with Josh Allen. Sum it together, five wins for the Bills. They're going under six and a half. All right, so this is season win total, 16 games, under six and a half. I like it. One, you've got the public perception off of making the playoffs, which the casual fan is going to like the Bills more because they made the playoffs. And also, you're not handicapping an individual game. You're handicapping the whole season. And thus, you got to consider first-round quarterback, once playoffs are out of reach, probably put that quarterback in there. And I think Allen is the project of the draft. Who knows how good he's going to be in two, three years. I think it's very good bet he's not an above-average quarterback his first year. Oh, I think that's a very safe bet. I think he's going to be the worst quarterback, more than likely. Speaking of that, on the podcast this week, and we do our podcast, Dream Preview, every Wednesday a.m. it's out. We'll be out this July, or we'll be out Wednesday, 
this week even, holiday week, we were disagreeing on Andrew Luck. So you thought Andrew Luck's health 100%. I felt like, you know, there's no proof of that. You've had a couple of days. We'll be talking about it more in this week's Dream Preview. What do you think? I've got some concerns, RJ, that I've been sucked into the mainstream media telling me he's 100%. I think he's going to play, but I'm worried. I think there's real uncertainty. You can follow me on Twitter at RJ in Vegas, and we'll be doing all the updates of NBA odds, all the updates as these players sign. You'll get the Vegas opinion soon after. Last few seconds, what's the rub from a Vegas standpoint on Jameis Winston officially down for three games? Fez, you got, what, one and a half points per game. That's it. Yeah, Fitzpatrick, very capable backup quarterback, did well on two and one last year. But Fez does believe the Bucs are going to be terrible regardless. Only one and a half points for Winston. Jonas Knox is on the way. We're back next Friday, 11 o'clock Pacific, straight out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.